welcome to the latest version of Dad's Right. To what? Figure out what number season. Oh, yeah, God knows. A quick correction before you listen to the podcast. We thought we were working with a microphone, but it turns out we aren't because my iPad's broken. But anyway, here it is. Okay, back at the house. Yeah, and uh, I'm permanently back. So we might get into a more regular schedule again. And better sound. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm going to edit it, but uh, maybe a bit, a bit less choppy. Yes. Well, uh, the last episode um, I probably set a, a low for... Choppiness? For choppiness. Uh, yeah. It was a fantastic episode. The First just, time. The, well, I, I would say uh, all the times, it's just that most of it didn't make it onto a recording. <laughs> it was really quite good. Perfect ending. Uh, spoke about a lot of things. You're in Portugal, lounging. Uh, nobody's ever going to know that, though. No. <laughs> just going to take no. our word for it. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know uh, how it turned out. Probably poorly. Likely. Right. That's my assumption. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we don't have the same problems. We are sort of in the same uh, positions as we were, like not in Portugal, but we were like sitting beside each other in chairs instead of like at a desk. And uh, we were on a balcony looking out over a pool. Now we're in a loft looking out into people's backyards. Yes. Uh, it's uh, uh, similar. Sure. Just as hot. <laughs> Almost. Anyway, the view isn't as nice. No, not as quite. The curtains I do not compare to the Portuguese landscape. No. <laughs> and we just uh, just had back from a week in Collingwood where we meant to do a podcast. All the cousins were there. We we're going to talk about TV shows that we're watching and just never got around to it. No, it was brought up a few times and I kept remembering and being like, oh yeah, we got to do that. And I'd forget again. Yeah, Always same. doing something. You're too busy relaxing. Yeah. It is exhausting, relaxing. And trying to talk over each other. <laughs> there was only one living space. I think most of our audience... Uh, actually, no, I think our, I think most of our audience is Grandma, and she wasn't there, so they won't <laughs> know that. But uh, we only had the one living space that everybody was in, so what uh, the games that were being played often conflicted with the movies being watched. And uh, there was a bit of a war there <laughs> the whole yeah. It was a good trip, though. No, I had Lots a great time. I love communal living. I could live in a commune. I would enjoy that. You gotta grow your own veggies. I, yeah. So, yeah. I, you just do, you know? Maybe I wouldn't be assigned to veggie growing. Maybe I'd get I don't know, you like, I don't know that it's daily showers in a commune. What do you mean you don't, what do you mean you don't get daily showers? I Why think there's like, you know, like, I picture them, like, very much into water conservation and stuff. I think you're these are you're thinking of bad communes. I'm thinking of good communes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. Well, uh, Gorbachev died. That's something. Oh yeah, Gorbachev died. He did. A uh, lot of Western leaders coming out uh, saying such good things about him. Uh, I was under the impression that he did not intentionally lead to the collapse of the Soviet Union. He, uh, I know he engaged in several programs to uh, implement more freedom and uh, 
things like that within the Soviet Union, but I really thought he was trying to keep it all together. And then I saw posts from like uh, uh, some politician, a few, I don't remember which one said this specifically, but they were like, oh, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, who said like, he was smart enough. He knew, he looked and said, even though, you know, it's gonna harm my own power, I gotta break this up because it's wrong. And I was like, I don't think he did that. I do not think it was intention to not be the leader of the Soviet Union by the end. Yeah, and, you know, with the, like maybe he thought giving them the freedom they'd choose to stay. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the goal, but uh, some of these posts I've been seeing are seem to people are suggesting that he did not mean that, and uh, I, I was just surprised to see so many uh, specifically conservative politicians like praising Gorbachev. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't read read much into it. I mean, didn't he just it was just today? Did he die? Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday that he died. from being old. He was yeah. ninety one. Yeah, that's up there. Yeah, Jimmy Carter's outlived him. Wow. Yeah, Jimmy Carter's still around. And Carter was president before he was whatever he was, right? I think so, yeah. Because it was Reagan that said, bring down that wall, Mr. Yeah. Gorbachev, or something Although like that. Gorbachev was in for a long time, right? He might have not been. It might have been someone else. But, uh, yeah, Carter was president in the late 70, 76 to 80, I think. I think Reagan won first in 80, and then 84, and then... Uh, yeah, and then Bush won in 88, and then Clinton won in 92. That is exactly what happened. Good times. <laughs> uh, that is kind of a good segue into American politics, where things are happening. Uh, as um, they enter their... They're exiting their six-month break from having elections, uh, and are heading into the midterm season in uh, November. Um... And uh, it was looking quite dire for Democrats. Is it not uh, anymore? No, no. The uh, recently, uh, so it used to be like they were expecting like Republican massive control over the House, and then like Democrats might have been able to keep a fifty-fifty Senate, but like you know it was going to be hard for them, right? Um, but recently tides seem to be turning uh, with Biden sort of ratcheting up uh, attacks on the mega wing of the GOP and um, his canceling student loans. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot not, of money. It is. It is. Uh, 1.5 billion. Was it the additional amount? I didn't see how much the first amount was. Uh, they've been frozen. I don't remember what the first amount was, but he uh, he didn't like wipe the board clean. Some people still have loans, but he uh, wiped a significant chunk for a lot of people. Like the benchmark is well below, or the benchmark is well below what the average American earning. I think it's like unless you're earning one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, if you're earning above that, then you don't get anything canceled. But most people do not make one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so that's. A popular move um, but of course really what kicked off the sort of turnaround was the abortion decision by the Supreme Court which took effect in June right 
Yeah. Um, and now that has turned a lot of people who thought naively that it was a non-issue still um, from maybe like, you know, I think a lot of independents, especially women, um, are now supporting Democrats over they might have been planning to support Republicans. And also a lot of bad Republican candidate picks uh, like Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania for the Senate against the lieutenant governor of the state for the Democrats. Like, that's... Dr. Oz is going to win that. You wouldn't think so. No. Also, Dr. Oz is a resident of New Jersey. Yeah, I did hear uh, that. Oh, and I thought this was hilarious. Um, apparently... Like, they do, like, a, uh... New... Like, a New Jersey end of the year or whatever. Like, whatever. Like, you, like people nominate for the, uh... Um... The governor awards it and the nominations. So, anyway, uh, one of the representatives from New Jersey, who is a Democrat, nominated Dr. Oz for that award. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, praising him a bunch. I mean, like, and I can confirm he is a constituent of mine. He lives here. He's sort of like that dig. I thought that was very funny. Um, so, Dr. Oz is just a weak candidate in Pennsylvania. Uh, and then they have uh, Republicans Herschel Walker in Georgia. He used to be a football player, I think. Yeah. Running against, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Raphael Warnock. Yeah, did you hear about the one? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Raphael Warnock is considered a super strong candidate. He outperformed Biden in the state. Um, so he got some, like, Trump voters who voted for him. Right. Uh, he's a reverend, very well-spoken versus Herschel Walker, who is a football player who has no experience and, like, like he has name recognition, but so far he seemed to be a rather weak candidate. The, uh, I was just, did you see that one, I can't remember what state it was, but there was, there was, like, two people running for the nomination for the Republicans. They were pretty close. They had the same name, and Trump just endorsed them by the first name. So he yeah. didn't really pick one. <laughs> They're like both named Mike or something. So he's like, yeah. I can't wait for Mike to become the nominee. Yes, yes, I did see that. I can't remember where it was either, but yeah, that was funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win, so I'll just throw my cart behind both of them. Yeah, exactly. Claim the victory no matter what. Uh, yeah, so they have like just poor candidates there. And then Democrats have And some... Trump supported Oz, right? Yes, Trump supported Oz. Um, and then Democrats are mounting... Incredible challenges in Florida, Ohio, and Wisconsin, all of which are Republican incumbents, um, and very uh, uh, Trumpy Republicans, right? Yeah, it's hard to believe they'll win Florida. I don't think they will. Uh, well, that's, okay, that's the thing. I don't think they'll win Florida or Ohio. The conventional wisdom was they were not going to win Florida, Ohio, or Wisconsin. I'm pretty confident they're not going to win Florida or Ohio, but they're mounting credible enough challenges that Republicans can't ignore them. So They have to spend some money there. They have to spend the money there, exactly. So they just recently pulled their ad buys out of Alaska and Arizona. Now, Isn't Alaska pretty safe for them? Alaska is pretty safe for them, so that's not... You know, that's not really much. Obviously, they're pretty confident they can win Alaska no matter what. But Arizona was a seat they're is a seat they're trying to flip. 
right? Uh, so to pull out of Arizona is sort of like admitting that they're probably not going to flip that seat and they now have to defend. Whereas if they didn't have to defend Wisconsin, Ohio, and Florida, they uh, they wouldn't. They they might have a better shot at flipping Arizona, right? So Ohio and Florida, very unexpected um, that their Democrats are actually mounting credible challenges, even though I don't think they really have a chance. They're doing enough and are probably helping Democrats in other areas. Uh, Wisconsin, um, surprisingly, is uh, looking like it'll be competitive, way more competitive than we thought. Republican incumbent Ron Johnson is facing against Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. the Democrats were having a pretty divided primary in the beginning, but in the end, they all sort of coalesced around Mandela Barnes and have now been working very hard. Um, so they might have a chance at flipping Wisconsin. Uh, and if they can flip Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and hold on to Georgia and Arizona, that's 52 Senate seats. They now can start doing things without having to worry about Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin. Right. Um, so that's great. Except for filibuster stuff. Well, I think they could. They can cancel the filibuster with just fifty votes. I thought you needed. You can cancel with just fifty. Yeah, but Mansion and Cinema won't support abolishing the filibuster, so no. they can't. They only have forty-eight votes in doing that, right? So it's looking like the Democrats have a pretty good chance of holding on to the Senate, potentially making gains. Right now, it's looking like the House is still going to go Republican, um, but uh, it's narrowed significantly and Democrats are on the rise. Uh, and even if the House Republicans win a narrow majority, they have a pretty divided caucus, like with their moderates and the extreme wing. So they might still find it hard to get things done. And really all they could do, I mean, if they win, if Republicans win the House, but Democrats win the Senate, and they still have the presidency, they can obstruct, but they're not actually gonna be able to do much harm. Uh, but still, uh, they might actually, if it's a narrow majority, Democrats might be able to work with enough Republicans to get things done, right? Um, you know, if they only have a five, six, seven seat majority, you don't need to convince a 230 people, yeah. Republicans. You only need to convince seven, you know? Um, so, so that might be more workable. So we'll see. It's still, you know, November's a while away. So there's still time for them to tank themselves. Um, But they seem to have found some wind in their sails and they're really running with it. Uh, They also are looking at potentially flipping the governorship in Arizona, which would be huge uh, because, uh, you know, governors are so powerful in the U.S. Mm. They They can do so much for the people in their state. Uh, so they could actually they could flip a governorship. Um, they could lose a governorship. Oh, and they're also going to flip the governorship in Maryland. Uh, Maryland certainly. They might lose in Minnesota, which uh, lose the governorship in Minnesota, which would not be good because Minnesota has the longest streak of voting Democrat on the presidential level. Um, so it's never good when they lose there because it should be a pretty safe Democrat seat. Um, but the, I think it's the, I can be honest, I think it's the marijuana party is pulling enough votes from the Democratic side to let the Republicans come up the middle. Wow, that seems like a bad move. It does, because that's not going to help with the legalization of marijuana. No, they should drop out. 
I agreed, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there's some hope on the horizon. I would not, I still wouldn't bet on Democrats pulling off a House win, but um, you know, in there's been some uh, special elections, what we would call a by-election recently uh, the for the House of Representatives and uh, Nebraska's second district, which the Democrat lost, but narrowed the margin significantly by what the Democrats lost in the next elect last election. Like that is a safe red seat. And she came within like four points of winning it. So that was huge. Uh, same with the Minnesota uh, special election. Um, it was a safe Republican seat. Republicans did win it, but the margin was narrower than it was in the 2020 election. Uh, the New York's 19th congressional district just had a, a special election, and that one is considered a bellwether district. And what that means is that it votes on the presidential level the way that the nation votes. So it went Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush, Obama, Obama, Trump, Biden. Like it, it's gotten everyone right since 92. Right. Uh, it's a swing district, obviously. Uh, the Democrats won it in uh, 2020. Uh, the incumbent left to become the new lieutenant governor of New York. It was expected that the Republicans were going to win it because we're expecting a Republican wave year, right? Democrats held on to it. So that was huge. Uh, it wasn't even that close. Wow. And now Alaska's single congressional district, it's called an at-large district, uh, was safe Republican. Um, the same Republican held it since the 70s or 80s. Oh, yeah. um, he died. So they had a special election. And uh, we don't actually know who won that. It was a while ago um, because uh, the election was a while ago. But they're doing the ranked ballot system now. It's their first election since Alaska switched to a ranked ballot. And uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, a ranked ballot is where you get to vote for everybody. But you just say, like, this is my first choice. This is my second choice. This is my third choice. If anybody gets over 50%, they win. If nobody gets over 50%, then the candidate who got the least number of first choice is dropped, and whoever put uh, the you know all those ballots that have now the first choice is dropped, the second choices get redistributed. So it's a bit of a lengthier process, and Alaska has not done it before, so this is their first time sort of figuring it out. Um, and uh, anyway, the Democrat has been consistently leading, leading the Republican, whose name might be familiar to you. Sarah Palin. Yeah, it's been Sarah Palin. I thought, what was she before that if she wasn't? She was the governor of Alaska until well, the governor, 2011. Right? And, uh, or no, 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 no. Maybe it was earlier than that. Oh, yeah, I think she was governor of Alaska until 2011, resigned in disgrace. Uh, but she was also John McCain's running mate. Yeah, yeah. In 2008. Yeah. Uh, she was the governor. And then she sort of retired. Now, after a messy divorce, she's making a comeback to politics, uh, trying to. I think... There's a decent shot. She'll be Trump's VP nom if she wins this in the next election. If Trump even gets the can't gets the oh he will nomination he will really yeah. Most people who have expressed interest have said yes I'm interested, but only if Trump doesn't run. If he does run, I'm behind him. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. The well, is hopefully, good the uh, if there's some sort of if the Democrats do well in these midterms, maybe people will reconsider. Yeah, uh, I think uh, if they do well, if they if they can hold the House and expand their Senate majority by two seats, I think we'll see a lot done. I think we can get. I think we'll see a lot, a lot get done in the next two years, more than the last two years. He was talking about getting rid of uh, assault rifles or something? Yeah, not with this Supreme Court. 100% not won't happen. Yeah, I was going to say, it's difficult with this. Uh, like, he could make the law, but it'll just get struck down. 100% it'll get struck down. Like, almost, that's the problem. Like, any, you could say a law can get done, but then it'll all get taken to court and it'll just all get struck down. I mean, I you'd hope that there's stuff that, you know, you have to be able to mount a constitutional challenge to get to the Supreme Court of the United States. Yeah, kind of, but you always can. And there's some amendment that, you know, it interferes with. Yeah. And we'll see, maybe it will, and, and maybe... Uh, Americans will have to have some sort of awakening. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how November goes. I was reading an article the other day that said 43% of Americans think there's going to be a civil war in the next 10 years, or at least it's likely or better chances of a civil war within the next 10 years. (sighs) Honestly, if things continue as they are, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be that surprised. I'd be surprised. Like, feels like we're beyond that point in history. Like, we should be anyway. We should be, but have you seen some of the rhetoric of people who are uh, Republican nominees for powerful positions? Like, state uh, uh, secretaries of state for states, not the secretary of state, but secretaries for state uh, who are in charge of running elections yeah saying that the last election was illegitimate and you convince enough people that there's been a coup you can convince them to rise up january 6th yeah right well yeah it was hardly a civil war but no but i'm just saying you can people americans lots of americans millions of americans genuinely believe that their president was not democratically elected that there's like authoritarian evil background behind everything that's happening in the country an evil cabal you know yeah and they genuinely believe that those people would probably if enough others took up arms i could see a mini revolt happening it's almost as would come the other way though you suspect like if 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 they succeeded in discounting all those votes it would be the other side that rises up seems a bit more likely to me uh, yes but uh, also if those people lose their elections and don't discount the votes but continue the rhetoric you could see it on the other side yeah you know and i i think i don't know that enough people believe maybe maybe there's maybe that's like, crazy well we'll see who gets elected right but like liz cheney just lost her primary uh, and, and then you got your Trump and your Ron DeSantis's and it's, uh, you know, 
the governors, even the Republican governors are kind of all off their rockers, you know? Yeah. It's not good. But on the home front, um, Pierre Polyev will be crowned conservative leader. Uh, coronation's in 10 days. Is it not going to uh, be close? No. No, it's not going to be close. It's too late to make it close. Jean Charest, uh flubbed it so hard. So, so hard. And no one else. What did he do? I mean, I haven't even heard anything about it. Like, nothing. Exactly. So they're just doing nothing. He ran. He ran a campaign like it was uh, 1999. Right. So, yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't do a good job. But I also haven't heard anything from Pierre Polyev. I haven't heard anything about any of it. Oh, Pierre Polyev's everywhere. He just, a video recently came out recently where his wife was talking to a woman about the dangerous cabal at the World Economic Forum and, uh, you know, how we're selling out the country to whatever. And uh, he's just, he's so dangerous. He's, he's playing to the conspiracy theorist crowd hardcore. He has pictures of him marching and shaking hands with extremists and white nationalists. He's um, courting the anti-vaxxers so hard. And the thing is, I don't think he actually believes any of it. But he doesn't care. He'll play to it to win. He's encouraging the worst aspects of the Conservative Party, bringing them to the forefront. I mean, he spent so much of the campaign attacking Jean Charest as a liberal, fake conservative, the liberal premier from Quebec. You're not conservative enough for us. You're fake. You're just going to capitulate to Justin Trudeau. Like, it's been brutal. You wonder if in the long run that won't hurt him like i'm just not sure the same base is here as it is in the states we'll see polyev is uh sort of turned himself into a micro celebrity within the conservative movement but so far the polls we've seen uh have the liberals and the conservatives in a dead heat but not like the conservative lead you might expect from just having a tired old liberal government, you know, you might expect the conservatives just automatically have an advantage. Um, but uh, we don't see them gaining that much, uh, only doing 10 or so seats better than their 2019 results. Um, so yeah, I don't know, we will see, you'd hope there's not the same base. Um, but you never know, some people and there will be a liberal and a not liberal vote as well. Exactly. Um, but, and maybe he'll try to moderate a lot. We don't know because, like, he's not the conservative leader yet, right? Um, we don't know. Just like Aaron O'Toole made a big change when he became conservative leader to his own detriment. Maybe Pierre Polyev will make some sort of other change uh, and be, have it be an excess. Success. Um, it really all depends on a variety of factors and how well the other parties do. It's hard to say. Um, I cannot imagine a scenario where Pierre, well, I can, but I think it's highly unlikely that uh, Pierre wins a majority government, but I think there's a lot of scenarios out there where he wins a minority one just based off of the anti-liberal vote. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then the bloc would definitely prop up that government. 
But then, um, you know, you have um, your Jean Charest and your Patrick Brown, who have both said that they wouldn't run for the Conservatives under a Pierre Polyev banner. Uh, and Pierre Polyev, who said he wouldn't let them run for him anyway. Uh, you have at least one Quebec MP who has said he might very well leave the party if uh, the... Uh, if Pierre Polyev wins, you have a group of um, former politicians, and I think uh, uh, just, uh, well, mostly former politicians, just one or two current ones, um, who call themselves the center ice, well, actually, they used to call themselves the center ice conservatives. Uh, as of like yesterday, maybe even today, they now call themselves the center ice Canadians. Um, but that is led by um, some respected conservative names, um, but like very moderate conservatives. And, uh, there's also like a liberal or two in there. Um, but like, uh, some mavericks of the liberal party, uh, and they've sort of, um, been anti-polyeving around a little bit. They've been not commenting too hard, but it's like uh, that, uh, what's it, the Franklin movement or whatever? Lincoln project. Lincoln project. Exactly. US. It's like our Lincoln project. So if, Pol if Polyev went too hard, um, you know, there's some possibilities of a third party. Another, not a third party, that's a very U.S. term, but another party, a center-right party. Um, cool name, center-right, still get all the hockey votes. <laughs> uh, they, I don't know if they'd call themselves the center-right party, but oh, it's good. They should. Um, we'll see. And like, even if, you know, I saw a poll that hypothetically, like, said in this hypothetical scenario, um, would you vote for this party? Uh, and it got 9% of the vote, which is not a lot, probably wouldn't get any seats, um, but would probably be enough to spoil it for the Conservatives, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it would probably also pull some Liberal and honestly New Democrat votes, but it would still, I think, be enough to spoil it for the Conservatives. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Um, 10 days, September 10th, Pierre Polyev will become conservative leader. At this point, I would not be surprised if it's on the first ballot. Well, that's good. Get it over with. If you're, it's going to be done, get it over with. Yeah, honestly. Um, it, like, it'll be so close on the first ballot. We're all going to know if he's going to win on the first ballot. But, uh, you know, everyone thought it was also going to be Maxime Bernier. Easy win. Back in 2019, or 2018, whatever yeah. that was. And it didn't end up happening. But uh, there was a lot more candidates, so the second choice votes. Now there's only five candidates, and uh, no one can name any of them outside of Jean Charest and Pierre Polyev. <laughs> so we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, I think we also have a by-election coming up on the home front for uh, in Mississauga. I don't know if the date's been set, but that'll be in the future. Um... But other than that, you know, summer's kind of dead for politics in Canada. That yeah. Not a lot happens. That's okay. Yeah. Things chill out. Um, we'll also see in October the new premier of Alberta. And it's looking like it's going to be a very crazy woman named Danielle Smith. Who? Because the what's-his-name is stepping down. Jason Kenney. Yeah, so yeah. He's, she's not getting elected. No. He's just no, no, taken no. over. Yeah. And, like, that's that seems like a serious flaw in our electoral system. 
3% of Albertans are going to choose the next premier. Oh, that's, that's that the number of people in the party? Is that the number of people in the party? 3% of Albertans are eligible UC peoplers. Yeah, but, I mean, is there anybody that doesn't work like that? Uh... Like, I guess kind of the U.S. because you elect a VP. Uh, you elect the VP, he's a running mate, they, they take over. Yeah, exactly, but you have elected them to be the president if the president steps down. Yeah. Um, and then when they die? the uh, Well, hopefully they don't. But again, you've elected, like, there's a line of succession, right? Yeah, but I think the third there's, one isn't elected, right? It's the Speaker of the House. Let's remember the Speaker of the House who was elected. But not to be the president. Just but, like this person is probably an elected official. She's not. She's not? No. So she's not even sitting right now? Then nope. she, I would say she shouldn't be able to be the leader. It has to be somebody that's sitting in the party. You hope so. But... It has to be someone that has been elected. Like, I don't think you should Sorry, be able to Sorry, she's been go. elected in the past. No, but she's somebody not that's currently. currently elected should mm-hmm. be the leader. Or... Just like Jasmine Singh, he doesn't get to walk in. Once he was the leader, he doesn't just get to walk in and have a seat. So is it just yeah. like that? Oh, no, she'll... So she won't be able to go into Parliament and have a seat? No, but there's a difference between being leader of the third party and being the premier. So she will or won't have a seat to sit in? She won't have a seat. So she can't go into the... She... No, yeah, exactly. So she's like Jasmine Singh? Yeah. This doesn't seem good for them, then. It just seems like a bad choice for them as well. I know, you're, getting, but... you're electing someone who can't go take place in debates or anything <laughs> inside the parliament? Yeah. Well, I mean, presumably, it's a little ridiculous because when they're elected... Okay, so it's October 6th, right? November, December, January, February, March, April, May. When she's elected, if she's elected, it's actually... I, I wouldn't say it's as true of a thing as Pierre Pellier, but if she's elected... She'll be elected at a time when Alberta is seven months from their general election. So even if a by-election is called, you're probably not getting that by You'll be lucky to get that by-election in in November. Um, that would be a very fast turnaround for a by-election because you need, first of all, somebody to step down, right? Somebody has to willingly step down. Yeah. And then she has to go run and win. And I think a campaign period for by-election is like six weeks. So, so like that would all have to be organized because you don't do it in December. You don't do Christmas elections. Um, so then if you're not doing it before December, you're probably not getting in there until February. And then you're just February, March, April, May, June, not even, and then you're three months away from the general. So it feels like, well, just call an early election, have everybody run, <laughs> right? Yeah, although she might want those three months to solidify herself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Assuming she can win the by-election. Yeah, exactly. Which, if she runs in the right seat, she probably will. Um, But... I don't know. There's a big... Like, they aren't very popular right now. If she runs in rural Alberta, doesn't matter. Uh, She'll win. Um, If she runs in Calgary, depends on the Calgary riding... uh, if she runs in Edmonton, she'll lose, but there's only one UCP member in Edmonton, and I doubt anyone from the New Democrats is going to step down for her to run. Um, but anyway, she's she wants to pass a law that um, makes it so that if Alberta disagrees with a federal law, they don't have to enforce it. That's weird. 
it's also not legal. That no. would get struck down so fast. Yeah, although it's not much difference in the notwithstanding clause. No. Well, it is because to use notwithstanding clause, a government has to pass it. Right? A government passes it with the notwithstanding clause so it doesn't get a Supreme Court challenge. This would be uh, the federal government passes a carbon tax and Alberta says, no, we get a veto over Alberta. Right. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, it wouldn't work. Um, she also is a big, courting the anti-vaxxer, huge conspiracy theorist uh, type of person. Um, so she'd be great if she won for the NDP. She'd be great for the NDP. Uh, we would almost certainly win the next election, so I'm kind of hoping she wins. The question is, how much damage can she do in the months that she's premier? And also, if she's smart, she could use the month she's premier to be as normal as possible, as normal as she can muster, to be like, look, I'm normal, convince enough people, and then once she has a full four-year mandate, go uh, batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it's funny, the, at the cottage, because you, you, you did some work for Rachel Notley, I guess? Is that where you got your shirt from? Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I went to a rally and I bought it there. So there was a, a shirt that said Notley Crew? Yeah. But everybody that morning was like, Dylan, you have a Motley Crew shirt? <laughs> Didn't quite read it properly. So there's another stick It's on the, the same end. font. Same font, has the little accent. Yeah. But no, it says Notley Crew. Uh, it's quite, quite amusing. One of my pajama shirts. I thought it was amusing, too. That's why I bought it. It's a good shirt. Oh, anything else in the news? That's probably good enough for now. Yeah, I think so. That's it's a shorter one. Shorter one. Ease people back in. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk at you again sooner rather than later. Probably.